and welcome back. My name is Mar. My name's Sadie. And this is the podcast where we read the book so you don't have to. Yeah. Come on, we back at it. We here in the <laughs> studio here with you guys. Um, first off, before we get into the book today, okay, we just want to catch up with you guys. You know, give you a little bit of who we are. <laughs> Sorry, we're a little we're filming at night again. <laughs> but Sadie, okay, so in the last few episodes, you guys have kind of come to know, if you didn't know Sadie already, that Sadie, you're pregnant. Yes, I am. I'm pregnant. How are I'm you a baby. I'm feeling good. I actually am starting my third trimester on Saturday, <gasps> which if you are oh not familiar goodness. with like how pregnancy rolls, that's the last three months. I did not realize. No, I didn't either. Which, I didn't like, either. I knew when you were due, but like the last... Yes. That is crazy. I had an appointment actually this morning and the my midwife was like, how are you feeling like you're entering the third trimester? And I was like, excuse me? Oh. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. This baby <laughs> is not coming for a while. And literally, I didn't realize the 28th week is when the yeah. last two months start. So. Oh my gosh. Well, that's so exciting. It is. How Pretty- do you feel about... Because you're going you're gonna to have a baby shower. Yep. Yep. Are you excited for it? I'm stoked. We're going back to Arizona. Okay. It's going to be so fun. That's going to be so fun. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to see family you haven't seen in a while. Yes. I haven't seen uh, my husband's family since December. And then I haven't seen my family since February. So it'll be so nice. And especially like getting the, them getting to see you pregnant. Like I was just telling Sadie earlier, guys and gals, <laughs> that my, my family has never seen me pregnant. That's so wild. And you have two kids. I have two kids and they have never seen me pregnant. Like they might have seen a photo, but not even that. Like they're not, I'm not, I was never big on sending like bump photos yeah. or anything like for myself. Yeah. But like they just never, if I'm FaceTiming, it's always like yeah. head up. And so it's like never really talked about. And then it's like, boom, I have a baby. That's so shocking. Yeah. And the next time they meet me, I'm just not pregnant anymore and I'm holding a baby. <laughs> That's so I'm excited unreal. for you because I don't even know what that's like of like I know. that. I mean, this definitely time, a lot of hands on the stomach. I can already tell you. Yes. I'm already imagining that. But once in like, hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Consensual. Consensual hands. Aw. <laughs> on the baby's bump. <laughs> yeah. My bump. But I'm so excited for you. It's gonna be It'll good. be a blast. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, my 23rd birthday is coming up. Birthday, birthday, girl. Birthday, birthday. Um, yes, my birthday is on the 22nd. If you'd like to send me a gift, my Venmo's in the... I'm just oh, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just Wait, kidding. did you say your 23rd? My 23rd birthday. I still can't believe you yes. are 22 currently. Man. I know. I know. But that I is shocking. People don't realize that. I, I get a lot of 25. Like, yeah. around your age? You're 25. I'm 26. Yeah. Sadie's 26. Sadie's- I'll About be 27 years this year. <gasps> Four years older than me, ma'am. But I just think like when you have kids and you move across the country, like you maturity, you just have to grow up. Yeah. You and know? you don't, I feel like, yeah, it, it's all about life experience and what your current situation is. It's mm-hmm. like you are literally a mother of two kids. Yeah. So I feel like you're 22 year old. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> I know. You almost don't pass the cutoff for Leo's dating age. I know. We were just talking about before we recorded this. About how Leonardo DiCaprio apparently only dates pe- women that are up till 25. Yep. Their and age. then he drops them. And then he drops them like a hot potato. I'm not even so there yet. You're not even there I yet, but you're close. Years. I'm just <laughs> oh, I don't match. <gasps> I don't meet the cutoff anymore. I that's That doesn't mean you're old. Doesn't it, mean you're old. It just means I'm not Leo's taste, which you're, is fine by me. You're just not a child anymore. That is fine by me. <laughs> fine by me. Yeah, no, I get I do get that a lot. But yes, I'm gonna be twenty turning twenty three. So I'm so excited. I got some things planned. Wow. Um so it's gonna be good. What a blast. Great. 
All right. Should we just get into this? Okay, guys. Listen. <laughs> we have to fess up. This book is so naughty. It's naughty. <laughs> it is very explicit. Yes. And it is very detailed mm-hmm. in things that do not need to be detailed. Yep. So from the very top. Make bar- it drop. <laughs> that is actually the anthem of this book. If you know that song and what it is and you know Ali Wong, that mm-hmm. is what this book is. But from the top, are we going to are we going to recommend this book? Okay, so even if you guys don't know who Ali Wong is, she is a comedian. Yes. Sado getting that more an actress, um, a writer, a mother, a wife. She's all these things, okay? Are you doing your New England accent? I am. Sorry. I'm so caught up from the last <laughs> from episode. Last episode. <laughs> but basically, if you've seen Ali Wong's um, comedian um, skits. skits, yes. This book was written exactly the way she does a skit. The way that she talks, the way that she yells in some areas, the type of jokes that she does. She is being herself up there, okay? Because she does the same exact thing in this book. And I actually had the wonderful privilege to listen to this one on audio book. <laughs> and it, it takes what you for a, joy. a ride. Literally, I cannot fathom reading some of the things she wrote. But l- having to listen to it, no. I feel like I would have been so uncomfortable. I had to pray up. <laughs> I did. I had to but I was going <laughs> to... I would have been like, I'm uncomfy. I feel like that's there's been times where I'm listening to like a health podcast or like an episode where it's like detailing like women's health. Yeah. And I'll like be going through a drive through and I'll <gasps> for I'll be trying to turn it off. And it'll be like, and then the women's menstrual cycle. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> and like, I, that is but which is fine. Yeah. But I'm saying this whole book on audio. Yeah. You cannot listen you to cannot this in public. Listen to this. So this book is written for her daughters. It's called Dear Girls and something else, right? Yeah, it's Dear Girls. And then the subtitle is Intimate Tales, which they are intimate, mm-hmm. Untold Secrets, and Advice for Living Your Best Life. Yeah. And so basically, she straight up tells her girls. So when it says Dear Girls, at first I thought she was going to be talking about the world. To women. To everywhere. women in general. <laughs> but then you start listening to it and she she's writing letters to her two daughters. And so yeah. that one day when they grow up, they can look at her mistakes, but not judge her for her mistakes, but then also learn from her. Learn from them. I don't know if I already said that, but then yeah. learn from those mistakes. Hopefully learn. Because the back of the book says, Dear girls, you are prohibited from reading this book until you're 21 years old. Mm-hmm. I write about some truly embarrassing shiz i did in my youth and i don't want you to use these stories against me when you're teenagers thanks for understanding now put this book back on the shelf yep so if you are 21 (laughs) welcome welcome if If you are not click off we don't put this back on the shelf put this back on the (laughs) shelf don't listen to this no we're gonna talk about this book it's gonna be a shorter episode because truthfully this is a short book Mm mm-hmm but then also, there's so much in here that it feels it doesn't feel like it doesn't need to be. No, we don't want to get flagged. You no. know what I'm saying? We trying to keep it PG up in here, PG thirteen ish, <laughs> trying to help you guys out. So we're just gonna get into it. We're gonna kind of do a Q and A style of what we thought and kind of take you guys along for the ride. But yeah. if you want to know all the juicy details that we might not talk about, feel free to pick it up at your local library. But we will judge you. We <laughs> will. T- we read it first. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh, if yeah. they listen to us say, we don't know if we're necessarily yeah. saying this recommendation that you go pick it up. You know what? But you know what? I might pick it up because I'd be like, what are they What are they talking about? True. You know what? That's it's fine. Juicy. Go off. You know what? Okay. So this, the author of this book is, like we said, Ali Wong. So she is a comedian. She's a stand-up comedian. She's an actress, a writer, and she's a producer. And mm-hmm. so if you don't know who Ali Wong is, she has her big 
or her most famous, um, I would say, break was her Netflix special, Baby mm-hmm. Cobra. Yeah. So that was, uh, I can't remember what year it was. But A long she was time pregnant. ago, Yeah, she was pregnant with her first girl. Um, 2017? And, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, maybe. I think so. I'm not sure. But she, that was kind of her first big break. And so she, this book was released in the fall of 2019. Um, and so she's kind of just telling you the story of all these little memories. So like we said, it, it's a, it's a common, it's a compilation of letters. So it's 14 different letters um, addressed to her girls. And some of them are listicles and just telling them different little bits of like, information on how to plan the best wedding or how to find the best like um chinese cuisine like all these different things with a virgin yeah (laughs) (laughs) basically this book starts off right off the bat about how ali wong basically finds herself having trouble um keeping things up in her life (laughs) and so she's just telling her children you know Listen, never, basically she's saying never uh, have, don't give yourself away to a virgin, which um, I don't commend. I, well, I just can't believe we're going there. I just, just <laughs> well, she's, that's who she is, though. It's hard it's, to talk about this without getting into, like, what she writes about. It is very true. I mean, that's what we, I'm not even going to, you guys, I'm not even going to lie to you. Me and Mar spent so long talking about how are we going to talk about this book because she is so explicit and yes. so many things. And that's, I guess, one point I wanted to ask you. Mm. Do you feel like this is something mm-hmm. that Miss Asa, when she's 21, mm. would need to read? Mm. Absolutely not. And Miss Asa is her daughter, by the yes. way. This Ms. is Miss Asa is daughter. my daughter. She's two months old. And what I would be saying, you better put that down and pick up a Bible. You better start pranking. <laughs> because I'm, no, I'm just kidding. But like, I mean, if she read this book, I would want to know not at all. But like, I, do I would not never want to know if my daughter. Here's the thing, though. I guess. It's like pitching your daughter reading like Fifty Shades of Grey. I'd be like, <sighs> I did not need to know that. No, I can't even fathom that. And that's why I'm saying this book is so interesting because she is talking to her daughters and she's saying all of these extremely detailed experiences she's had, wild life she's had. And her daughters are young. And her daughters are very young. And I guess that is different coming from maybe someone who has had the life experience of Ali Wong and the fame, the celebrity. We were just talking about that, about how that it it can make your um, age less of a... I don't know, like a standard because yeah. you have experienced so many different mm-hmm. things at a much younger age than maybe other people would have. So yeah. if you're growing up in kind of the public eye or celebrity world, you've had so much more life experience and exposure to things mm-hmm. at a much earlier age. So maybe by the time her daughters are 21, yeah. but I just can't, I just can't Or even over. like, I guess it also depends on her parenting style, right? There are some people who are like, my child is not my friend. They're my child. She might be right. like, she might be like, no, we're going to be friends. We're gonna be I'm going to talk to them the way that I am because like, why would I hide myself? Right. And so I was like, I think I'm a mixture of those things. Like, we will be goofing around. You will see the goofy side of me. I promise you. But at the end of the day, I'm your mother. Yep. And I got to do what's best for you. Yep. Well, and I think that actually has a huge part of Ali's story because her and her mom did Mm. not have a close relationship. No, they didn't. So her and her mom were, her mom was Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. And so she uh, immigrated to the U.S. when she, when it was the Vietnam War. Yeah. So quite a while ago, and she endured a lot of hardship, racism, stigmatism when she moved to the U.S. 
So her experiences of growing up in America were very different than Allie's being raised and she went to private school and her parents gave her every opportunity in the world that they could. And so her experience with her mom, though, was definitely more of the I'm your mother. I'm just putting you making putting you through life, basically, and making sure you have opportunities. Yeah. And so I do think Allie's idea about her daughters is she wants more of that closeness and she wants a relationship and so I imagine if she's writing these kinds of things, addressing her daughters in the future. I just wonder if she'll feel the same way. Oh, I think 100%. That, because I also, I think that way right now, because like sometimes I felt the same way. Of like, no, like I want my children to be super close to me. I want them to know who I am. I want them to know, like, I don't want them to think that they don't know me, you know? And so my goal is to do that. But also it's like, there's always this line Right. A line of like, well, I also want them to look up to me. Sure. Like, will they when they're older or will they be embarrassed? If my mom wrote this book, I'd be like, I would be I would I would I don't know if I read it. No, I really don't. Even though it would be technically addressed to me. And this book was inspired because her dad, when he passed away from cancer, he died Mm -hmm. when she was 27 years old. So she was quite young when she lost her father. And so he wrote a letter. It was called Dear Alexandra. That's her full name. And that's why this book happened because yeah. she's writing all these letters to her future daughters. I just imagine them growing up in Ali Wong's house. I can see how there's probably a lot more sharing yeah. going on. There's probably a lot more. Yeah. This is this is the tip of the iceberg yes. for this woman yes. of what she probably is telling her kids. Like I think she's and she said she says they're secrets. So these are not things that she's sharing with her kids now that she probably will never say. And she says she doesn't even want them to read till they're twenty one. Right. She's just making sure that it's there in case something happens. Right. So isn't that crazy though? So like even where she's at now, like this is not her parenting style. She's like, no, I don't want them to know that yet. There are moments where she would say things, um, maybe something wild that she did when she was young. And she's mm-hmm. like, but I wouldn't recommend that to yes. you girls. But if you are going to do that, then this is what you should do. About yes. it. You know, yes. so it is kind of a weird balance between her writing all. Of, of course, she's a celebrity. All of her mm-hmm. funny stories, wild stories, absurd stories and selling a book. Mm-hmm. But then also... Yeah, wanting to send, like, leave it for her daughters in a way. Yeah. It's a weird combination. But the book opens up with this line, and I thought I would just read it to you, and then we can we can talk about this line. <laughs> it says, dear girls, I have a secret that I have. Oh, whoops. Nope. <gasps> that's, a brief, that's a preface. <laughs> okay. It says, dear girls, your dad is the, if we are divorced by the time you read this, please skip to the next sentence best but i didn't but just find him over the night and let me tell you what that line when i read it i was like huh i wonder are they still married mar they're divorced as of 2022 <laughs> they are divorced oh, it kills me it <laughs> kills me it is shocking they divorced in 2022 after eight years of marriage and she wrote this book in 2019 so in love so can i tell you covid got them COVID like, and quarantine I mean, probably. got to them. But it's really sad. It's very sad because the way that she writes about him is yeah. he is the most interesting man. I feel like they're the type of people, though, that like even if they divorced, I don't think it would be ugly. I think it, Ooh, the way that they wrote it. So the way that she wrote about her husband in this book, obviously, at the time, they were still married, very much in love. Right. She, but she you could tell she respected this man to yeah. the point where I feel like even if they since they did get a divorce, I don't think that respect would change. I think that she would be that 
person that is professional about it. So then that way her girls can still, because even in the beginning, she says, if we're still, if we're divorced by then, skip the next part. She still calls him the best man ever. Right. She wants her daughters to have a good relationship with her husband. So I do feel like even if they've got dirty stuff going on, uh, that she'd still be professional and be like, but your dad is a great man. I hope, I think she would, she, they both have a pact that their daughters come first. Yes. In, before her career and before his, um, his career, like their daughters come first. And so I'm sure that they would, but I just, I thought it was shocking that she's like starting out this book being like, she's like ready for it. It's like, why are you? prepping maybe it's because you know she was talking about the prenup Mm -hmm. yeah but also if you're a celebrity i think it could be easy to think like you never know what could happen to us right i just think it's more of like uh foreboding if you're starting Mm. out your book making a joke about divorce i think it's like of course don't let that word have so much power Mm. but it's more of like if you're starting out the book being like divorce babes if you're starting out talking about it that just caught me off guard. that's the only reason i looked up are they still married because she sets it up like if we're still together, I'm like, yeah. okay, that's a little interesting. I mean, she, I'm sure she wrote that to be like a long-standing book. So like in 50 years and six, you know, yeah. of their marriage, you could say, but they're like, look, we made. I just ah. thought that was like, cause so then I read the whole book yeah. with that in mind of everything. Which is she's crazy writing. because I did not see Then We might have had two different. I missed that. I did because like then when you, when I got here, guys, Sadie was like, Mara they're divorced and I was like no because like if you didn't know that at the beginning when you go through the book you think they're so in love you're like you could see that they they're humans and that they bother each other sometimes but it seemed like they had such a strong unit and so since this did come out in 2019 yeah you're right like maybe COVID got them because they when did they divorce 2022 last year like Mm -hmm. what yeah we don't know the date but like I think it was fall last year. I think I read October. Dang. So like fresh. Yeah. So it was really unfortunate. I mean, because we don't obviously, you don't know what goes on in a marriage. And so it's like, you don't know if they'd been planning this for a while and just trying to kind of make it. Try to get that book out. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I take that back. I'm sorry. (laughs) Can you imagine literally being like, nope, babe, we just got to fake it for four years. I think people. No. Like literally between the book went out and they got divorced. Oh I yeah, can't sure, even never mind. Them. No, so it's really. I mean, so they met in tw- uh, two thousand nine. He was taking a year off of business school at Harvard, and so she talks so much about how she trapped this Harvard man, mm-hmm. um, which is like kind of funny, honestly. But then also unfortunate in the context of yeah. their divorce. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, like Mar said, she speaks so highly of him. So they met at a friend's wedding initially. And she just thought he was like the most attractive man yes. at the wedding. So she went up to him and was really trying to put on the moves. And he was not into it. She's <laughs> like, I'm a comedian. Yeah. And you want to come to my show? Which was how they left it. So she invited him to a show when she was out in New York because he also lived in New York. Mm-hmm. He came to the show and thought she was one of the funniest people mm-hmm. he'd ever met. He he was like, I was laughing the entire time. They went on a date. It did not go well. The date did not go well because this man, they picked a place where it was cash only and he did not have cash. Yeah. And he didn't pay for her. He did not pay. Tell me why, though. He had grown up in a mansion and grown up in the most, the epitome of wealth. And this man does not carry cash. Well, most rich people don't carry cash. I just think it is so Because why would you? Like, if you're walking around and everybody knows who you are, they're going to try to rob you. But he's not like a celebrity. He's like a wealthy child. So it's like, you'd think in New York city, you have to have cash on you for cabs, for food, for whatever. I was like this man. So Allie ends up paying for the food (laughs) on their first date. And she's like, screw this yeah, (laughs) because she's like, this is why I'm going on dates in New York is to get free food. Honestly, 
It was a pretty expensive there. It's expensive. And you so, know what's interesting, though? Hmm. How she said that she knew that she's like, but I do believe that he was out of my league, which is why I invited him to the show because she thought the best way to a man's heart was through laughter. Which is honestly really sweet because mm-hmm. a lot of people think it's through other ways. So yeah. good for her recognizing making them laugh is really important. And she talks about the food. She was like, when I went, I mean, later when they were dating, but she's like, when I went in for the kill, I made him food. And then yeah. he was trapped. Like she literally <laughs> talks about trapping him, which is. Again, Wait, the show she invited him to. Do you remember? She like pulled down her pants and was like, <laughs> just basically looking through her legs. Well, could you imagine inviting your crush there you, and right off the bat? Here's my butt. Here's my butt. Literally, you invite your crush. If you have a good butt, great. Go off. If no, you even are, if you got a good butt. No, I'm just saying, like, the confidence to do <laughs> the that. The confidence. I just don't think anybody wants to go to a comedy and see someone's butt. I don't think anyone She's plans like, well, let's to- get this out of the way. You don't like it. Don't waste my time. That's what she is but that was her show because honestly guys if you haven't watched an ali wong like like episode or a skit Mm -hmm. like go and do that and you will understand this better this podcast yes go watch a short clip of ali wong Mm -hmm. stand up if you are over 21 and now don't go down a rabbit hole because you gotta come back do not go down a rabbit hole because honestly you'll probably see things you'd never want to see (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah so their first date went very poorly she thought she'd never see them again they bumped into each other on the streets of new york maybe a week later and just remembered why they were attracted to each yeah. other in the first place he thought she was funny she thought he was handsome so they go on another date this one goes way better and she falls for him and he falls for her and they're both intrigued by each other i mean she says this quote and i thought it was it it's a really beautiful way to see somebody so she says it was always a struggle to find a partner who matched my passion for saving money, taking risks, and being engaged in anything that was challenging, but ultimately worthwhile. Someone who had a high threshold for pain and a zero uh, tolerance policy for shoes in the house, which mm-hmm. is really funny. Yeah. But I think the way she talks about him is so – she she admires him so much. She yeah, values she him so much. She respects – like the way he sees the world. She's mm-hmm. challenged by him. She talks about how she's so confused and like – engaged by him like so it's just a really it's so unfortunate because i think so many people when they're asked about what do you like about your boyfriend or your spouse or your girlfriend or your friend (laughs) they got they're pretty they're they're funny (laughs) but i just think the way she responds to that idea of what attracts her to him i think is really beautiful and so their relationship is like mar said it's kind of um rocky like there's definitely a lot of moments where and and where they're not happy or they're in strife but they always work through it yeah and i think something that was really funny is we talked about how she uses him as the butt of her jokes (laughs) pun intended the butt butt of her jokes (laughs) she uses him in her jokes in her stand-up in her sketches all the time and we were talking about how would we feel as the spouse or partner of someone this famous because obviously she wasn't always this famous yeah and we'll get to it but i don't know i think also it's like i was sharing with sadie earlier that there are a lot of comedians that do this you know that they they brag on their wife or their husband because like i think honestly it's something that they 
like expect their spouse to do though because they're like this is what I do and I talk about my life and I make jokes about it and like if you're going to be a part of this like you you have to expect this if you're not okay with that then let's not even start like I genuinely think that's probably a conversation that has to happen because you even think of people who are um actors and actresses right where like they might have to be in a scene that's inappropriate although I just heard about this one guy who's like I am not going to be in any scenes uh like any sex scenes and because he was like because i'm devoted to my wife i'm not going to do that anymore and which i think was like amazing like yeah. you, you should do that in my opinion yeah but it's like those type of actors like where they're making out with somebody else but it's a movie like the if when they're married to another actor they seem to understand like well this is work that's not how i actually feel that's not how even though sometimes it ends up being how they feel i think it's a dangerous game but I think game. when you're a comedian, I'm sure there's some type of conversation of like, is this okay with you? Because if it's not, like, I don't want to start something that might not work. When I feel like some comedians probably just recognize family life is not on the table yeah. to discuss. And then some are like, no, I draw a lot of my material based off of my life experiences. Yeah. And so, or just run the jokes by them. And so yeah. she does address in some of her stand-ups that her husband is totally okay with some yeah. of the jokes she's making. But we're saying, in light of this divorce. Yes. Uh, was he really was he really because some of these are rough and Mm -hmm. it's like her talking about other famous people wanting to get with it's just crazy where you're like i just feel like for a thriving healthy marriage you don't want to discuss the other people you would currently still like to get with yeah i don't know if that's the road for success yeah that's a little and also wouldn't it feel i mean who knows like also ali wong seems like a like a confident woman Mm -hmm. she's very confident in who she is but i think um obviously like we don't know anything about her so it's hard we can't really judge right well we know she had three siblings and her father died when she was 27 years old and she Okay. I'm like, we did read this book, so it did give us a little bit. It gave us a little insight to who she but yes, is. Yes, yeah. yeah, but um, I don't remember. Oh, sorry. We don't know anything about like her as a person, yeah. so their relationship dynamics. But she's, like you're saying, a confident woman. Yeah, she, oh yeah, she seems like a confident woman. And so it's like, I, I was going to say, I wonder if it would be weird if she met any of these celebrities that she was talking about in person of being like, oh, you heard that? dang because like i do think like when you're in it and you're doing a joke or even like you probably aren't thinking that that person's ever going to hear it because right her famous her favorite like her biggest inspiration was eddie murphy right and then he ended up being at one of her shows right and she's so shocked because she never thought she'd meet him right so it's like we're saying things about people that you think that you'll never meet but like the bigger you get you just might you know Mm -hmm. so i don't know i do wonder you put all the men that she's spoke about in a room and then you open the door and you go, okay, Allie, there you go. And then it, what, would she just like run for the hills? She like, would. No, so I, I said this about you. I said this about you. <laughs> Can you fathom? And she's like, and you would do it too for a check. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, she does talk about how, I mean, she has worked so hard. And so she grew up in San Francisco. And so like we mentioned, her brother Andrew was the one who got her into comedy because she show, he showed her the sketches on a cassette, actually, of Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. And so she's growing up in San Francisco and she wanted to be a comedian. So she would go out and she started trying to do stand up all the time. She talked about too how she would try to she would do nine shows mm, back to in back an right evening yeah which is just absolutely crazy and so I think one of the things that did stand out to me about her was her drive and her mm. she was not afraid to fail she yeah. was not afraid to try and she was not afa- afraid to bomb on stage yeah. like she talks about that of like how some comedians that is absolutely their nightmare and mm-hmm. if the joke is not landing and they just want to bolt and so she's saying you have to get comfortable with that if you're actually going to be good at 
being a stand-up. Yeah. And you have to be let that motivate you to create better jokes. And so mm-hmm. she spends forever in San Francisco working on her stand-up and sketches. And then she moves to New, uh, New York when she's 26. Um, and so she just talks about her time in New York and her experiences there. And they're wild. Just She's a wild woman. She's a wild woman. I think, too, she really... She loves that she has had the life and the experiences and the wildness that she has. Yeah. I think most comedians do because they have to draw on their own life. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think you'd be a good comedian if you didn't have, like, I don't know, life experiences to go off of because it's hard. Like, even when I listen to comedians that are on a subject maybe that they just pick to talk about, like, you know they don't really have much experience in it. It's not as funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she talks about how the reasons the answers to all these questions of how do you do it and how do you make it she says the answers to making it are centered on having a tolerance for delayed gratification a passion for the craft and a willingness to fail yeah so she really does have such a sound perspective when it comes to work ethic honestly Mm -hmm. like she is such a committed person she's a driven person she's just the She's a little bit of a crazy lady. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, though, like we were talking about this earlier. It's like if you watch her skits or you read the book or whatever, or um, I think it's like hard to tell who she is because like, obviously you got to put on an act, right? That's what you're doing when you do a show. It's like, yeah, she might be telling you some of the truth and that might be some of her personality. But like, um, if you didn't know in the audio book that I listened to, it's her speaking, it's her reading it. And so it was kind of cool because I got to see a side of her or hear a side of her at least that I don't think you would see on the stage. So it's like, yes, she's the same person that is up there, but also when she talks about the hardships that she's gone through or even the tenderness in her voice when she's talking to her girls, you can tell that this woman um, is a very loving loving woman and so it's like also the way that she talks about her husband even though that they are divorced now you know she she speaks with him of so much respect for him even and she's willing to admit that she's willing to be to fail she's willing to know that there's moments where she's wrong and so it's just so interesting because i'm like i might do a lot of things different than you ali wong but at the end of the day like we're both women that love our children yeah you know well and i think you make a great point too of how she her personality is hard to uh figure out and pinpoint because at one point so after she'd been working in new york forever trying to make it big in 2011 she was invited to the tonight show for her first stand-up on late night tv Mm. which is if anybody that is your big break that is the thing that you have worked for she was working and trying to do this in san francisco and then she comes to new york so she gets this big break she skips it for her husband's who was at the time her boyfriend yeah his Harvard Business School graduation. Yeah, wow. And I feel like that's, to me, another way where you're like, okay, I can't pin you down because you are so passionate and driven and focused on your work and you're kind of like, women can do it all and you don't need to have a man kind of, yeah. you know, you don't need their approval, whatever. But then she'll skip it for her boyfriend because she's recognized that that was more important. Yeah. And that's crazy to me because at this, I feel like at the time, I don't, or now looking back, I wonder if she would you know, but like, I think if she regrets that, right. Of, of kind of like putting moments of putting people before her career that she mm. works so hard on because she is extremely successful. She actually just came out with another show called beef. And then she mm-hmm. just came out in another movie. She did the always be my maybe movie. She yes. pretty sat. And I think there was another movie, Yeah, but she, she's extremely successful. And she talks about how even, um, she had to sign this prenup 
when they got mm-hmm. married. And she says, in the end, being forced to sign that prenup was one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me in my career. Which well, is like crazy me because like they weren't divorced yet when she wrote this. No, but I think what that prenup did was basically when she had had her daughters, mm-hmm. she was staying home and she wasn't working. And yeah. very quickly she wanted to get right back into work. Yeah. But an, uh, a kind of a undertone to that whole se- uh, section was about how she had to work. She could yeah. not work because ultimately if they ever got divorced because of the prenup that they signed, she would not have anything. Yeah, he would get everything. He would get everything. And so she says that was one of the best things that's ever happened to her in her career because it ma- gave her this motivation. drive yeah, yeah, and motivation to work. Yeah. So it's just she's a really interesting, unique person. Um, she talks about, too, her study abroad time in Vietnam. And so she writes to her girls about how critical that time was in her life and how um, growing up in America, she had a Vietnamese mom and a Chinese dad. And so in their household, their dad was much more expressive of Chinese culture and his mom or her mom's culture was not as shown. And so when she went to Vietnam for the study abroad, she learned so much about her mother's culture and it was so important. She would say to everyone, you have to study abroad. You have to spend time abroad. You have to live abroad. You have to, when you're in your young informative years, go abroad. And she's saying she, so she writes a whole letter about that. um, And the whole book is just a jumble of like her experiences and stories. Mm. And like we said, some of it is just listicles to her daughters yeah. of like little things that I think would be sweet if you had from a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of them not so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a really interesting read. I mean, on a scale of one to five, where would you place it? Would you read something mm. else written by her? Is there anything you wish you got to learn because I I picked up this book feeling like, oh, my gosh, Ali Wong wrote a memoir. Mm. I've seen a lot of her sketches or and I know she's produced some movies. She's mm-hmm. really famous. I'm curious about her. Yeah. Is there stuff that you wish you had actually gotten to learn about mm. her? What would you? Yeah, rate it? I think. It, yeah, I think it was hard to kind of get to know her because I do think that she was still in her skit phase while writing this book. And yes, sometimes she does talk about things that you probably wouldn't know about her, like her family or her brother or, you know, or her regrets or things like that. I mean, there's secrets she told us that we didn't know about her. Um, But I do think that I wish um, that she would have been a little bit more real. Mm. I think the world sees the side of her already. I think that this book could have been 10 times more amazing. Like if she really shocked us by being like, not just like giving us that comedian comedian side of her, but bringing it down and being like, no, this is what it was like. This is what I went through. This is why I have these jokes. This is where it stems from rather than just being like, well, here's another act for you, you know? And so, but I think it's beautiful also because like, if this is how she is with her girls, it's like, well, they're going to read it or listen to it and be like, oh, classic mom. Like, I do think she also could have just been focusing on her girls more than the world. And the way she writes it, it seems like that's that was her um, goal, too. But I don't know if I would read another book by Ali Wong, depending on what it was, because I just because it does feel like a skit. I think I'd rather just watch a skit, I guess. Um, would I recommend it? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I would recommend it. Honestly, just because I feel like there is so much in it that you have to 
almost overlook yeah. to enjoy the book because it feels like there's in like your the part I think that you're describing when you're saying it's very comedic and it's like a skit is all of her honestly like raunchy jokes yeah. and like her crassness and all that. It's kind of like, okay, we get it. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, if this is how you are as a person, then your girls are gonna just be like, oh, this is mom. Yeah. But I think as a from a reader's experience, it's like, okay, these kind of have no point yeah. in a way, like unless they're just showcasing us more of your personality, which yeah. you do very well get mm-hmm. from her stand-ups. Um and so yeah, I, I don't know if I would recommend it because I the parts that I would recommend I found were the parts that were inspirational of her story. Her sometimes her thoughts about things were really interesting. Like I did like her perspectives on family in some situations. I liked her perspective on work ethic mm-hmm. and um, she does address what it's like being almost reduced to her race because she talks so much about how everyone will say, what's it like being an Asian American yeah. stand-up comedian? What's it like being a woman in comedy? What's-? And she's like, okay, I wish you would ask me 15 other questions yeah. instead of just no one ever goes up to these white male comedians and goes what's it like being a white male comedian like yeah. no one does that and so i think she has so many interesting thoughts but i think because they're so overwhelmingly covered by all of her jokes and yeah. like the just like sometimes so out of pocket stories and mm-hmm. random encounters um i don't know if i'd recommend it but i did find it interesting to learn a little bit more about her life and how she met her husband and her family. I think that was good. And if she wrote another book, I think it would have to be in. I would be curious to read her book when she's 70. Mm. Like if she wrote a memoir yeah. of her life when she was 70 or mm. if someone else wrote a, very close to her, wrote about yeah. her life. I would be more interested in yeah, that. Yeah. Also, the, I like that idea, too, because like you're witnessing it from somebody else's point of view yeah because currently present day she's 41 years old wrote a book about her yeah that'd be so i would read that that'd be so good like dear mom yeah (gasps) oh ladies if you ever hear that lady that's you (laughs) they're not gonna (laughs) they're like you destroyed my mom no literally um, yeah dear girls and dear mom there you go yeah but i think yeah i think it was a quick read yeah it was a light light read it was um it was interesting. I, yeah, I think as far as just showcasing the experiences of other people's, putting you in the perspective of someone else's mind and what they went through, I think for those reasons, this book was interesting. But yeah, I don't know if I would recommend it. Um, I do think, though, her, I think Always Be My Maybe was funny, if I remember mm. watching that. But now I'm scared to say anything. <laughs> I also, I, I it might seem that like we're not telling you much about this book, but genuinely it is because... We like read it and we're like, it's so many random pieces put together of our life. And it feels like a comedy skit that it's like, it's hard to like, it doesn't feel like a storyline, honestly. It just feels like little pieces that have happened to her and advice on how not to do it that way. Right. Or maybe do it that way. Um, so if you want to read the book, like we encourage you guys to read the book. But I did want to say, I think it's interesting how she does talk, touch on the part of like how people treated her like behind the scenes, right? Asking her all these questions that she's like, this isn't about... Like that were more about like what she looked like and where she came from versus like which was America, but like rather than like about her skits. And I was just thinking, I was like, well, maybe it's because she was in a predominantly white, like uh, I don't industry. even know industry, right? Because like I was just watching the other day, like it doesn't just happen um, to people who, of different backgrounds. Because like if you look at Eminem, 
Proof of Macklemore, like there was an interview for Macklemore, like how they're in an industry rap, right, predominantly of African-Americans. And they were asking, they did get asked that question. How do you feel about being in a predominantly African-American, you know, industry and you're a white man going in there and doing that? How do you feel about it? So I don't know if people, I mean, it does sound like some of the people that were asking her those things were just trying to be ignorant. Obviously, yes, they were. But I do think maybe that's another reason why people were trying to get to know. But it is, if you get asked all the time, it could just be tiring. It's like, I understand you want to know. And I never answer that question. But it's also, it's like, there's so much more to me than that. Right. You know, take what I'm doing, you know, and say, that's who I am. Yep. Well said. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really important and great note to end on. Well, that was this book, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Maybe it was just a fun laugh to break up your workday or to go on a run to. But if you have book suggestions, if you have things you'd like us to read, let us know. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.